Hello, good people, and welcome to another edition of Just for Sport here on the Props Network for your viewing and betting pleasures. Jamal K. Davis here. Thank you very much if you are watching live. We are here on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And if you're listening as a podcast, thank you very much as well. Looking forward to, boy, unpacking a lot in this episode. And, uh, yep, we're going to talk football, wild card predictions, and futures. That's what we always start with while it's the football season. And we got a little bit of bone-nosed college football. Originally, I didn't have it on the rundown, but we want to talk a little bit about the Heisman quickly. Bone-nosed college basketball. We got four games tonight. And I'm going to give you a pick for my daily pick with tonight's college basketball game. Then NBA season. I'm in a New York state of mind. I am going to solely focus on the New York Knicks and why I am surprised at what's happening in the Big Apple. Some some good things happening for New York Knickerbockers basketball. In Devil's Advocate, I am going to uh, be discussing giving naming rights in co- in sports and college and up to the pros and why I think it's a good thing. I think it is a good thing. Sports you don't care about. I've got something we all care about to talk about today. And it's relate in relation to what happened yesterday. So I'm going to get to that at the end because, you know, my emotions are going to be They're going to be amped up. And I figured, hey, while I got a smile on my face, let's start with the good stuff first, right? If if someone ever asks you the question, you want the good news or the bad news? I should put this on Twitter. Which one do you ask for first? The good news or the bad news? I probably would prefer to hear the good news over the bad news. Because after I hear the good news, somebody gives me the bad news, and I'll remember the good news, and maybe I'll be okay. Maybe, just maybe I'll be okay. But with what happened yesterday, being okay is not going to be easy. Not going to be easy. But here we are. Okay, we've got NFL wild card football coming up. And I am super, super excited We've got Indianapolis Buffalo, 1 o'clock on Saturday, followed by Rams Seahawks, followed by Bucks Washington football team. Then on Sunday, we've got Baltimore and Tennessee, Chicago and New Orleans, and Brown Steelers. Six games, six picks. I know I used to do Fantastic Four, but... You know, that's going to be a little harder to do. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to do Fantastic Four. We're just going to do all six games. So let's try to get through it. First game, Colts, Bills. That line opened up at minus six and a half for the Buffalo Bills. It's still at six and a half across the board. If you check it out on the propsnetwork.com, on DraftKings, FanDuel, Bet Rivers, and Unibet, you're still going to get those same lines. The thing for me is, as I did also put out on uh, in our rundown and in our description, to me this game is one of those games that's it's an it's an easy game to pick. I mean, it's all it would almost be a shame if somehow the Colts are able to go up to Orchard Park, New York, and beat the Bills, who last week put up fifty six points. 56 points on the Miami Dolphins. So they are rolling. They're rolling. They tied their franchise record for wins in a season. Buffalo, of course, made it to the Super Bowl. Both of the other times that they had 13 wins in a season. And that might be the team that you look at when we get to futures later. Say, I'll take a flyer on. Now, I am excited about the uh, Phillip Rivers 
the greatness that is Phillip Rivers being back in the playoffs, but I think it ends here with the Colts. But I'm sure for the Colts, they probably feel like what well, they feel like it was a good signing that, you know, we signed Phillip Rivers, taking a flyer on him, and they get into the playoffs. So that's exciting. Good afternoon, Ben. The Bills have won seven of their last eight games. All seven wins have been by 10 plus points. So I expect that to be the same in this game. Second game, we've got Seahawks Rams. Now that game is a lot tighter. Minus three on DraftKings. It opened at minus four and a half favoring the Seahawks. Minus three on DraftKings, minus four and a half on FanDuel. And then minus three on Bet Rivers and Unibet. Is this game actually as close as the line says? I say no. And the reason that I say no has everything to do with the starting quarterback. This game is in Seattle, scheduled for a 440 kick on Fox. Seattle has the better quarterback. You remember the quarterback, uh, Bo, am I wrong? Did I miss any news of who the quarterback's going to be for the Rams? I think golf is coming back. You think golf will be? I don't, I don't think that changes the fact that Seattle has the better quarterback at all, but I do think that golf will be playing. Do you think he's going to be the quarterback that we saw before, or are we going to end up having to go back to Wolford? If it's Wolford, it's hands down, it's a Seahawks win. I, I think that even a 75% Jared Goff with the thumb injury is a better option for the Rams than the the elite stock analyst John Wolford. <laughs> John Wolford, who played his very who started his very first NFL game last week, week 17, making history. And he got the win, even though the record, you know, was five and eighteen for quarterbacks that started their first game week 17, and he made it six and nineteen. He's not he's not buying a drink in Chicago for a very long time. No. <laughs> DK Metcalf's the best wide receiver. He probably say maybe in football, but at least you could say with on in this matchup, he is the best wide receiver. Obviously, the Rams defense ranked number one uh, is something that you have to take into account. But in my mind, I think that the Seahawks defense. They've allowed 150 fewer total yards per game in the second half of this season. Their defense is improved. Even if you look at them being ranked 22nd, their defense is nothing to sneeze at. And so with this game, I think you take the Rams. I mean, the Seahawks, excuse me. Wow, I almost slipped up there. You take the, the Seahawks at minus three. Yeah, and I find it interesting that the the public money is a little bit towards L.A., moving that line about uh, a point and a half here. How is that? I mean, is it all because golf may return? Because the defense, I know you could say defense wins ball games and wins Super Bowls, but I think, as I just pointed out, with the Seahawks' defense, it's nothing to sneeze at. And I just don't know if the Rams have the offensive rhythm, talent, yes. Rhythm, maybe not so much, having been a week without golf and then trying to bring him back in and or with, uh, yeah, that other guy. What I will say, what I will say, you know what I like here is this line over 42 and a half. Mm -hmm. Okay, 42 and a half. Am I taking that? Are you really? Uh, boy. I mean, I the Rams defense, I think. I think it's going to be like an 18 to 10 game. I, I think that, I mean, the Seahawks have struggled a little bit down the stretch. They haven't exactly been hitting that offensive stride we saw from them earlier in the season. But I think with golf coming back, um, 
with Russ and, and DK really having a, a lot to work on. Um, you know, they've had a week. Uh, I think that both teams are going to be a little bit improved offensively. I still agree with you that I don't think the Rams will have all the offensive rhythm they need, but I do think that um, the total is selling both offenses a little bit short here. Their last game, both quarterbacks played golf and Russell Westbrook. The score was Wilson. twenty to nine. Russell Wilson. <laughs> I, say, I do that. Hey, I do that all the time. That's great. The Seahawks won twenty to nine. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I'll take the under there. Okay. I'm going to take the under. All right. Next game. Boy, this is a good one. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know. Okay, I'll call them Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Are coming into, well at least right now. I'm glad it's not exactly D.C. at RFK Stadium, which, you know, hopefully in two, three years, that's where the Washington football team will be playing again on that same site. But for now, they play in Maryland. In Maryland. The line opened uh, with the Buccaneers' favorite at minus 7.5. You can now get that at minus 8 across the board on DraftKings, BetRivers, and Unibet, and FanDuel at minus 8.5. The thing that I am most interested to see is how Chase Young, who was caught on camera, whether he shouldn't have been or wanted to have that bulletin board material out there, saying he wants Tom. I want Tom. I want Tom. And then he followed it up when they were when they asked him about it. Well, why'd you say that? He said, I'm not sorry for I want Tom. It's that, you know he gets excited to go up against the best and you can't ask for a better matchup in your first game as a rookie, whether he was with the Patriots or the Bucks and to be going, going up against and trying to chase Tom Brady. So he shouldn't be ashamed. He was caught on camera saying, quote, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, I'm coming. I want Tom. I want Tom. I'm good with that. I'm good. I don't even think it has bulletin board material the same way. Although Brady being on that level of Jordan probably does. He probably does. What's your take, Bo? I think it's a little bit different, you know, in, in basketball and in football because, you know, they're not necessarily directly matched up against each other. I think Brady, I'm sure, respects, you know, as the competitor that he is, I'm sure he respects, you know, a guy like Chase Young coming in and being like, hey, you know, I don't care that I'm a rookie. I don't care that I'm, you know, fresh out of Ohio State. I want the best. I want to compete against the best, and I want to try to become the best. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Brady respects that. I'm sure he's going to try to use that as a little bit of an edge, like you said, maybe a Michael Jordan would back in his day. But I think it's a little bit different here. I think who should be more worried about Chase Young is Tristan Wirfs, their rookie offensive uh, tackle, and the rest of that offensive line in dealing with Chase Young and uh, the, the carnage he will bring to that backfield. He's definitely going to wreak havoc. That game is the 8-15 is the kickoff. He's going to wreak havoc. I think the fact that Brady can't run the way he used to is going to be interesting. This is, as Bo brought up before we started the show, it's Tom Brady's 18th playoff berth. His first one is a wild card team. That just seems so amazing. But it also shows how bad the AFC uh, East has been in all of those years that he was with New England, which I would contend, and I've always said this, that that division was so bad for so long, I could see someone going on a run when you had the Jets, the Bills, and the Dolphins being the some of the worst teams in football over those years. The football team in Washington is the first team since 2013 Seahawks to allow 20 points or fewer in each of their last seven games of a regular season. But Tom Brady has more career playoff wins than the entire Washington franchise, 30-23, to 23, respectively. Alex Smith is the first Washington quarterback to win five straight starts since Robert Griffin did it in 2012. And the Bucs have 24, they've scored 24 plus points in their straight 
in seven straight games. And I think that when I look at that rhythm, it's, it's tough to, I don't like the line at eight. Um, depending on, obviously Mike Evans isn't going to play, but it'd be, I'd be curious to see what Antonio Brown's going to do with Gronk and Chris Godwin. I just don't like that line, Bo. I feel like I want to take Washington at plus eight, that the game is going to be a little bit tighter, maybe a five-point win for Tampa Bay. But it'll be a miracle, in a miracle season for the Washington football team if they somehow can beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes? Absolutely. I mean, it's basically a miracle season already just for Washington to get here, especially for Alex Smith. I think we've talked about him so many times. Uh, throughout this kind of run here as Washington approached the NFC East division crown. Comeback player of the year, hands down. You just continue to give it up for, for what he's done coming back from the horrendous injury. But I think this is really a, a hit or miss, I think, for Tampa Bay. We've seen them hitting their offensive stride as they get A.B. kind of adjusted to that scheme. He's been explosive for them. Uh, Mike Evans' status, a little bit in doubt here, but they still have Chris Godwin. They still have Gronk, like we talked about a little bit on Monday. I think that this offense can be really explosive if they get the chance. And if Washington's defense played like they did against Philadelphia, if Washington's offense can't take care of the football like they did against Philadelphia in that Week 17 game, I would be really worried about Tampa Bay maybe stretching it a little bit, maybe getting into a little bit of a close-to-blowout range. But if Washington does their job and takes care of business where they need to, I think that they are a pretty safe bet to cover that eight and a half. Yeah. And I, and I think, like, I don't know if you were saying Washington did take care of the football against didn't, Philadelphia didn't. or not. They didn't, right? Right. They okay. Yeah, no, they didn't. So let's see what they can do there. All right, Ravens at Titans. This is probably the toughest game for me to decide because if it was in Baltimore, hands down, I would say, oh, the Ravens are going to win it. But it's in – Tennessee, you've got arguably the running back that no one is really talking about that had the best season in the NFL right now in Travis Henry, over 2,000 yards on the season. And even after the game, I could hear people talking about Dobbins, like, oh, no, but you got to think about Dobbins. No, Dobbins isn't Henry. He doesn't have a track record of Henry. This game is in Nashville. So it's a home game for the Titans, if there is a home game, considering where we are with COVID. It's not quite the same. But the line opened with the Ravens favored at minus three and a half, and it stayed that way. They are still favored three and a half. I am leaning towards Tennessee. Yeah. Making it a little bit closer. I like Tennessee here. Although when I look at the ranking of the offense, Titans offense is ranked third. Ravens offense is ranked 19th. Uh, not if you watched the last two games for the Ravens. I think Lamar Jackson is has that offense rolling. Jim Harbaugh's done a good job of keeping that team together with COVID. I, it's a tough one to call. It's a tough one to call for me. Absolutely. I think I think you said it really well on Monday, um, kind of when you were talking about Lamar's recovery and how he's kind of bounced back from that stretch where he was struggling a little bit. He was out with COVID for a bit. Um, but they've really come back, and again, like Tampa Bay, they've hit their offensive stride late in the season here. And I think that's uh, a little bit worrisome for a Tennessee team that struggled to put away Houston. A, a Houston team that, you know, obviously blessed with Deshaun Watson, but a Houston team that has struggled throughout this season. And, you know, they would have the third overall pick in the draft if they hadn't traded it to Miami two years ago. But so now they're stuck without that as well. But I think, you know, on the other side of the ball, Derrick Henry and, you know, reaching 2,000 yards in the NFL is one of the most – one of the most significant achievements I think anyone can achieve in this league. I think it's not talked about enough when somebody gets there, um, especially this season. The argument for MVP seems to be between Mahomes and Rodgers right now with Rodgers leading that race. I don't understand how Derrick Henry's name doesn't get brought up more for no. that. It's, it's, I mean, I think it's very telling, first of all, that Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator for the Titans, has been interviewed for every head coaching job available in the NFL right now. I think that's what you need to know about the Titans offense right now. 
that combined with Derrick Henry, it's going to be a great matchup. The Ravens have a really good run defense. The the what the Titans offense has done has been something that I think goes to what happens when you play in a place like Tennessee that you're not in the major city necessarily and so you get overlooked. Ryan Tannehill has more passing touchdowns and a higher passer rating than the last two NFL MVPs since he became the Titan starter. But it's like, no, we're not paying attention to that. We're not paying attention to Travis Henry uh, having over 2,000 yards in the season. The consistency, what, three 200-plus rushing yards per game or in, in three games this season. The Ravens' regular season points per game is at 30 in the two at, with Jackson as a starter. In the two playoff games as he's been in, the offense is only scoring just over 14 points. So that concerns me. Jackson is going to, Lamar Jackson is going to have to lift up this team and play the best game of their life before we start talking about can he not play in the big games in the playoffs? Yeah, you can have a good regular season, but if you can't produce in the playoffs and have that same level of consistency and score the same level of points, then we have a problem. And I think then you start to build a track record. This is a fifth meeting between the Titans and Ravens in the postseason. The road team is 4-0 and in the last four games. Ooh. Let's see if that happens Ooh. here. Oh, boy. Okay, Ooh. so we got to make like a that. final call here. What are we doing? I don't know. You had me leaning towards Tennessee and the points, but road team 4-0 in this matchup in the playoffs might just have to lean towards the Ravens. I think the way that the Ravens have played going to the last two games of the season, the way that it took Tennessee to have an epic game by Travis Henry and a game-winning field goal, as you mentioned, just to get where they are, I'm going with the Ravens. I'm taking the Ravens in this game. All right, Bears Saints. Let's just skip over it. Saints are going to win that game. <laughs> the Bears backdoored into the playoffs. What are we even talking about this game for? There's no way the Saints lose. Drew Brees and the Saints scored 33 points. They're going to march all over the Bears. Can we just go to Cleveland, Pittsburgh? You have anything more to say with, about Chicago and New Orleans? Okay, <laughs> so we're taking the Saints in that game. They, it is a minus 10. Uh, that's a lot. But I think that the Saints are going to show the Bears that, yeah, you probably didn't need to be in the playoffs, even if it was a backdoor. Okay. Woo, Steelers-Browns. This is it. This is the one. Okay, Steelers, it opened with the Steelers' favorite at minus three and a half. Now you can get them at minus six on DraftKings, minus four and a half on FanDuel, minus six on Unibet and Bet Rivers. I think with Stefanski not being on the sideline is a big deal. I would be curious if, and we'll probably never know. I know you can read things about, oh, how they ended up with COVID tests, but I'm just like, no, this is typical of the Browns in my mind. You make the playoffs, you fumble and stumble into the playoffs, and you screw it up. It's very Browns. It is very Browns. How do you end up getting your head coach, Bo? The head coach. This after, doesn't after, make sense. I mean, after they had their entire wide receiver core out for like two weeks down the stretch. I just don't understand it. I just don't understand it. It's Cleveland. They had to close the training facility. I didn't want to totally gloss over this game. and But for Mike Tomlin, I know he's not saying we're playing a JV team team this week in the Browns. But I no, I just don't see it. The Steelers are 35-7-1 versus the Browns since 2000, including the playoffs. I think that goes to 36-7-1. I just don't see it. And then Baker Mayfield can go back to his uh, – what insurance company? Does Progressive. Go Progressive. back to his acting gig. Yeah, go back to making commercials. Do you, do you see them covering the six? Mm. No. 
Oh, I was going to say because I do. Yeah. I mean, this, this matchup earlier in the season, not the one week 17, Baker was benched towards the end of the third quarter because Pittsburgh was just demolishing them. I think it's all I need to know about this game is that Cleveland needed Pittsburgh to fail on that two-point conversion at the end of the game to win. Mm-hmm. With a Steelers team without their quarterback, without two or three of their best defensive players, what, what else do you need to know? The Steelers, sure, have struggled down the stretch a little bit. They had that little bit of a losing streak, but they have the Browns' number. They almost had their number. They almost kept them out of the playoffs with their JV team. Their JV team. Yeah. I, I think that if it wasn't back-to-back, I'd be more inclined to say that there is a chance that the Browns can keep it close. But I'm sure with whatever jawing that was going on between these two teams on the field, Cleveland failed to cover the spread as a 10-point favorite this past Sunday. The Steelers weren't even playing their best players, and they could have won the game. They were close to winning the game. I think that if you're the Cleveland Browns and the fans, you should be happy you just made the playoffs, and that's about it. I, I personally think that's about it. So in my mind, I'm taking the Steelers to win and cover, and I'll take it that, that at minus six. Now, if you look at the futures, I just want to quickly go over the futures here on, you can go to propsnetwork.com, NFL, you'll see futures right there, team futures. I don't want to look at Super Bowl winner right now. I just want to look at AFC champion because I think before we get into the playoffs, I just want to think about some, uh, as we talked a little bit on Monday as well, the numbers haven't really changed that much. Um, you could take the Steelers at plus 1,000. The team that I really like, that I think has the best chance uh, to maybe up upset the Chiefs is Buffalo at plus 350 with the long shot being the Ravens at plus 300. If, if everything's being equal with these teams, we don't have any health issues, regular injuries, or COVID, I don't go any farther down than saying Bills or Ravens could beat the Chiefs. You're good with that, Bo? Yeah. All right. NFC. NFC champions. Packers are favored at plus 140 to be the NFC champion. I like the Seahawks at plus 600, a little bit more than the Bucks at plus 400. Um, as we talked about with Washington football team, I don't know. We don't know what offense we're going to see. Maybe. Uh, Tom Brady has been saving himself for the playoffs and is going to have a breakout game. But in terms of the best overall team without a ridiculously old quarterback, and if you're looking for a long shot, I'd say it's the Seahawks at plus 600. The way that their defense has been playing of late and they have a dominant offense. So there you go. All right. So we're going to be talking uh, college football and basketball here shortly. I just want to talk to the listeners out there about what we're doing at the Props Network. I appreciate anyone who's been supportive of myself and Just for Sport. Uh, We're doing a lot of good things on the Props Network. We've got some uh, a new show, NBA Picks and Props, with Dexter Henry and those guys. You know, Joe Walkowski, the professional gambler, unlike me, and a comedian, also doing his thing on the Props Network. We're growing. We're young. We're a startup. We appreciate the support. And hopefully, not only are you enjoying the content, we'd appreciate any, uh, if you subscribe, leave a review, uh, share it, word of mouth, and share it on social media. Um, but join our chats if you want to. You know, we'd like to involve you in our conversations when we're live. Uh, normally, NBA Picks and Props is going to be Saturday night, but they've moved around some as well. Monday and Wednesday evenings are the walk-on, and the Props Network is your daytime show, if you will, uh, for with Just for Sport. And we do our show Monday and Wednesday live at noon on YouTube, 
Twitch and Facebook. So I appreciate all of you that have already been supporting us and anyone that wants to join us. Because the bottom line is we're here to not only provide entertainment, but we're here, as I say, for your viewing and betting pleasure because maybe we give you a couple of tidbits that you need to help make a bet. You know, go to propsnetwork.com. You can see all of the, the live odds on the NFL games coming up for Wild Card Weekend, NBA. We're going to get into NHL soon. And even some tennis. For those of you, maybe it's a sport you don't care about, as I've talked about before. But I'm going to be doing some tennis talk. We got the Aussie Open coming up soon. So I'm, I'm planning, planning some things for the Aussie Open. But that being said, it's 2021 want to increase our viewership and our subscribers and hopefully you can help us do that okay we are moving on to first i just want to say in college football that i am excited that not for devonta smith that i know about him I was excited to see a non-quarterback win, although I took a long shot on it would be Justin Fields. But as Bo mentioned, uh, of course, obviously, unfortunately, the the Heisman Trophy uh, votes were already in. And I didn't follow up with saying I actually disagree with that in college sports and the NFL. If you are the MVP if you are the best player that year, then you shouldn't be. Let's not make it about just a regular season. The playoffs is also a part of that season. And I think we need to consider changing how things are voted on. I think it's tough not to pick a quarterback every year. How many of you know that Trevor Lawrence has never won the Heisman? How many years have you said he's, if not the best, Right up there. He was right up there with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow got it. This season, he got hurt or COVID. There were a couple games he missed. Now he doesn't get the Heisman. If you look at, uh, I'm calling him Mac Brown. What's the guy from Alabama? Mac Jones. Mac Jones. I got the head football coach of what? Carolina now? I think yeah. he's North Carolina, uh, Chapel Hill, Tar Heels. Who's getting them the ball? Mac Jones is getting him the ball. So I think once in a while, okay, cool. It's cool to say a wide receiver, but it's tough not to pick. It just seems like it's really tough not to pick the wide receiver because everything goes based on the wide, on, oh, excuse me, the quarterback. Everything goes based on the quarterback. But I, I'm, I'm happy for him, happy for him. Okay, let's go to Bodo's College Basketball. Big game tonight, in my mind. Growing up uh, in Washington, D.C. proper, mind you, when people say they're from D.C., it's like, oh, well, where do you live? Well, I live in Virginia. I live in Maryland. No, I'm from D.C. But I've always been excited about the local teams and what they can do. And the Maryland Terps have a chance to put a, you know, a, a, put a good stamp on their season tonight. Right, Bo? They're welcoming the Iowa uh, Hawkeyes. The last two picks I have made, have been for the Iowa Hawkeyes. What yeah. am I going to do today? What's your take? I got mine. What's your take? I mean, this is, I think, a really intriguing game. Uh, Maryland coming off a pretty disappointing performance uh, against Indiana Monday night. Came on here Monday, told you to take them plus five and a half on the road. Now they're plus five and a half on at home facing Luca Garza and the Hawkeyes. So an interesting number here. Um Iowa, they've played a couple close games. Uh, you know, going back to that Rutgers game we talked about a little bit on Monday, that was a really close game down the stretch. Uh, going back to their Minnesota game, this is a, a team that plays a little bit close, but they also have the potential to really blow you out offensively. And that's the part that I'm just unsure about. That game will be at 7 o'clock on ESPN2. Iowa is favored by a wide margin to win this game. But if you look at their road games, their road record, they beat Rutgers by two points. They lost to Minnesota in overtime by seven points. I just, and I don't want to go much further than that. I mean, that was back December yeah. 25th. This team is different from that team. But, you know, Maryland on the other side lost to Michigan at home on December 31st by 11 points. Uh, the game before that at home, again, don't want to go back too far, but they won against LaSalle. But they are 
two and three in their last five. It's tough. I mean, playing in Maryland, I'm one and one when I stick, when I pick the Iowa Hawkeyes. It's easy to say that they'll win and cover. Um, but I think in this case, I'm going to take a flyer here, but I'm going to say take Maryland. Okay. I respect that. You know, I think that's a, it's an interesting game. Maryland definitely has some potential. But I just don't see them having that dynamic big that can really compete with Garza down low. I think that's why Rutgers was able to keep it in, uh, keep it close. I think that's why Minnesota was able to keep it close. They had Liam Robbins, the seven-footer. Rutgers has Miles Johnson, of course. Galen Smith, I think, has the potential to be that. I just don't think he's really enough of an impact player down low to really have that effect on Garza that you need to really force – Iowa to keep the ball outside and not push it inside to the best player in college basketball. I still like Iowa with the points here. I hear you on that. I wonder if, as I'm contemplating, if I should switch (laughs) and just say take Iowa in the points. I guess I wonder if it's a feeling of Iowa being ranked fifth, every team's going to get up for them. Yeah. And... For Iowa, traveling again across country, assuming they did. I don't know. I mean, financially, maybe they said, hey, we're just going to stay Just just hang out in Jersey. Yeah, and just stay on the East Coast and wait for Maryland. But I think in my mind, the going back and forth, if you look at Maryland, I mean, excuse me, Iowa on the road – they are one and one. I think Maryland gets up for them and at least makes it a close game. So I guess I'm going to say Iowa, I see Iowa winning. I think it being closer than that five. By the way, speaking of getting up for the game, it's a little bit of a homecoming for Luca Garza, Washington, oh, D.C. Yeah. product, right. Murray school grad. Yep, yep. Return to the DMV. It's going to be a big game without fans. Without so, fans. You know, maybe, you know, I think if the, wave outside of his window in the bubble, but it is a homecoming for Garza. I think I think if the Xfinity Center was packed like it normally is, I think it might be a little bit of a different situation. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. I've made three just decisions decisions here. Garza coming back home, which I didn't do that. I don't know how I forgot that. I do I did we just having a conversation about Luke Luca Garza. Uh, my best friend went to Murray as well. Um, I'm taking Iowa. I'm All taking right. Iowa. We swung it. Yeah, I'm taking Iowa and the points. They'll win and cover tonight. So let's put that up on Twitter. That's all we need. Forget all the other stuff I said. I'm taking Iowa to win and cover. Luca Garza, homecoming game. He's going to show out. There you go. That's our social media hit. That's your big pick. For Jamoke Davis from the from Just for Sport, that's your pick for today. Okay. All right. Did I make that easy? For how, you, how have you been doing with those daily picks, by the way? I'm three and three. All right. Not bad, huh? Breaking even. I'm th- and I even picked soccer my last game. I said Man City would beat uh, Man United in another Manchester Derby. Did it. They won 2-0. All, right. All right. Two Bravo. Yeah. All right. Other games tonight. UCLA against Arizona State. What game are you staying up to watch? Can you stay up that late? Do you oh, want to yeah. watch oh, BYU? Yeah. Well, I yeah. I mean, that's the thing is you got a little bit of a doubleheader. BYU Gonzaga in the WCC at 8.30, and then UCLA Arizona State at 9 o'clock in the Pac-12. Two really interesting games for conference. Of course, BYU – or Gonzaga, excuse me, running through the WCC. But – of, I believe they have three losses in conference in the last three years. Two of them have been to BYU. Now, the spread here is unbelievable, of course. It's 17 points. Gonzaga hasn't really sniffed a close game all year because their one opportunity for that against Baylor canceled due to COVID. I think that this could be the first opportunity for Mark Few and the Gonzaga Bulldogs to play in a close game I think BYU gives them a fight. I think Gonzaga wins comfortably, but I don't know if they cover the full 17. 
As for UCLA and um, uh, Arizona State, these are two teams that want to compete in the Pac-12. Plus four and a half for UCLA. I like that. I think that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting line for the uh, for the Bruins. They're going to be competing, and I think that Arizona State. They've struggled to put teams away at some point. A lot of talent there with uh, Josh Christopher and Remy Martin, but I like UCLA to keep it close. Remy Martin, the best name in college basketball right now. I disagree. Boo Booey. Boo Booey on Northwestern. Boo (laughs) Booey. Boo booey. Uh, Okay, uh, Matt Nagy, I assume you're talking about the Maryland Terrapins are going to get whopped. Uh, Illinois, the 12th ranked team in the country, minus six against Northwestern. A lot of action going towards Northwestern Western in this game. Yeah, I, I think that's really interesting. You know, plus six and a half for Northwestern. Um, that game's also at nine. I was incorrect. The UCLA game's at 1030. I was looking at USC. That's my bad. Uh, Illinois has been a confusing team. I think they have a lot of talent, two, you know, all Big Ten quality players with Ayo Dasanmu and Kofi Coburn. But they've kind of struggled defensively a little bit so far this season. They've struggled to really put it all together. And I think Northwestern's a team that can maybe take advantage of that. Again, Boo Booey, great three-point shooter on the edge. Northwestern overall, Chris Collins' team shoots the ball really well from the outside. We saw that earlier in the season when Pitt played them. And they run the tempo very well. I think that could be an advantage for them as they try to use that to take advantage of some of the defensive struggles Illinois has had early here in the season. I liked. I I, I love a good close game, and I feel like this one has the UCLA ASU will be the closest contest. But I could see Northwestern giving Illinois. It's kind of like a little, obviously, an in-state rivalry, so to speak. So that'd be interesting. I yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, I hope to. How far is Champagne from Evanston? Uh, I don't even know. Hours, I, think. I think it's a couple hours. I should know. I lived in Chicago for some time, but I don't. I don't recall how far away that it is. This weekend, we got number four Texas. Shaka Smart finally has Texas where he wants yeah. them to be against number 14, West Virginia. And I'm just going to say to start out with, I cannot tell you how annoyed I am at the fact that no matter how much you try to talk about West Virginia, who wants to go play for the Mountaineers in football and basketball, for some reason, they are always there. They're always a quality team. Yeah. I, I, it, it boggles my mind. It's the Bob Huggins effect. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I just, as a as a Pitt alum, I get jealous. I'm like, why can't we have this at Pitt on a more consistent basis with football and basketball? Yeah. I don't get it. ESPN Basketball Power Index is 57.8% chance of West Virginia beating Texas. What's your take Ooh. on this game? Ooh. I mean, obviously, we don't have the lines for that yet. Right. But I really like Texas in this game. West Virginia, look, they've had a very interesting season so far. I talked about Gonzaga not having played a close game so far this season. Basically, the closest game they've played so far was against this West Virginia team up in South Dakota in the Pentagon. This, it's a really good matchup. Texas just absolutely destroyed destroyed, ran through like a buzzsaw, Kansas at the Fog Allen Fieldhouse. That is something you don't do against Bill Self and the Jayhawks. Shaka Smart has this team playing great defense. They're really good offensively with Andrew Jones, Greg Brown, the rest of that Longhorns team. They're deep and they're big and they play really good defense. I think that's a great matchup when you go against a West Virginia team that has struggled a little bit defensively. You know, that, I mean, that's been the trademark of Bob Huggins in Morgantown, right, is the press, and they're going to get physical. They're going to play really good defense. And that's something they've struggled a little bit this season. We saw the big man, Oscar Shibwe, former four-star recruit, his second year with the Mountaineers. He's left the program and entered the transfer portal. Some, you know, questions there, you know, what happened. 
But I think that West Virginia bounced back with a really good comeback over Oklahoma State last time out. And they're going to have to play really well, especially defensively, against a very good Texas team, a Texas team that has earned its way into the top five. West Virginia is undefeated at home. Their only loss or um, big loss in my mind was Gonzaga. Like yep. you, you lost to Gonzaga. And Texas's only big loss was to Villanova. So this will be a good matchup. I'm looking forward to watching this game. I, too, if, if the line comes out or I'm, I already penciled this in as possibly my pick for Saturday. Absolutely. Although I kind of want to stick with the NFL. But this may be my one game that I look at. Hey, maybe, you, maybe you do a little bit of a bonus. Oh, yeah. Give them a bonus pick, right? Celebrate. Um, Celebrate the weekend. (laughs) Here in Pittsburgh, number 25, Florida State comes into town. Are you going to be on the call for that game? I will be. I will be. Some questions as to whether or not the game is going to get played. Florida State has postponed their last two games. So um, questions about, you know, what's going on there. Pitt is expecting to get their three players who were quarantined for yesterday's win over Syracuse back at some point. On Saturday, um, Jeff Capel has said that he's not going to play them if they haven't had the chance to practice, which obviously if they're available Saturday for the first time, they won't have had the chance to practice before that game. So we'll see if that game stays Saturday at 2 p.m. But, yeah, I will be on the call for that, and it should be a very good matchup. That's the one team that Pitt really has seemed to have an advantage over at the Pete in the last couple of years. They beat a Florida State team that went on to win the ACC regular season title last year in the season opener at the Pete. They beat them the year before in Capel's first season as head coach. They seem to have the Knowles number. And I the, the excitement for me going into this game uh, for Pitt is they're a sneaky 6-2 and two on the season, 2-1 and one in the conference. That was a big win that neither one of us thought they would get no. at Syracuse. Not at all. And, you know, a dramatic win, no champagne. Uh, these teams, FSU is averaging 75 points per game. Pitt is 70 points per game. Field goal percentage, fairly even, 43 and a half, 42.6 for Pitt. You know, I mean, coming if they do play this game, players return for the Panthers. Uh, ESPN Basketball Power Index has Pitt winning uh, at 56.6% chance of winning this game. Uh, Seminoles coming to town. Let's see what happens. But uh, I'll be rooting and and listening as well. Thanks, Ben. Of course. All right. When we come back, I'm going to be in a New York state of mind as we're talking about a lot of New York Knicks basketball. And I know you're like, what? Why are we talking New York Knicks basketball? Well, just keep listening. Here we go. Are you located in a state with legal online sports betting? Don't make a bet this season before you visit thepropsnetwork.com. Thepropsnetwork.com excuse me, has you covered with free bets and special bonus deals from all the top U.S. online sportsbook. Get $30 free bets and up to $600 risk-free bets at Unibet. Claim up to a $1,000 signing bonus bundle from DraftKings Sportsbook or try PointsBet Sportsbook with four risk-free bets totaling up to $1,000 using promo code BONUSPROPS. The Props Network is also the only betting site with live NFL odds for every game. We got three on Saturday and three on Sunday. So you can shop the comps and know you are getting the biggest payout possible before you lock in your bet. Do your bankroll a favor and check out thepropsnetwork.com. You must be 21 or over to bet online. If you or someone you know have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER today. So I know we're talking National Basketball Association here on Just for Sport. I know you're like, why are we talking all this New York Knicks basketball? The New York Knicks are playing very well. They are playing very, very well. They beat the Jazz 112 to 100. I am surprised that you have a New York Knicks team with multiple players on it that, as I mentioned in the description, they've got opportunities to win awards. I know it's early, but the Knicks are 5-3 and three on the season. 
if the playoffs started today, which is very early in the season, they'd be the fifth seed. This team has surprised me how one, how well they have gelled together. The roster is filled with a bunch of players playing for head coach Tom Thibodeau, his first year as a head coach, which we know that track record of Tom Thibodeau as well. At some point, this may potentially wear out on the players. But the players you have on this roster, this team is winning without a superstar. Without uh, Kevin Durant, who plays on the other on another borough, who they said would be good for the Knicks, who the Knicks were a team that James Harden may come to. You look at this roster and tell me if there's any player on this team that you would say, oh, yeah, if I'm starting a franchise or if I needed the uh, – a 1A, the second best player on your team, you wouldn't look at any of the players on the New York Knicks roster. And yet, I am impressed with the way that they are playing as a team, that Tom Thibodeau has got them playing defense and offense better than I expected them to play from a Tom Thibodeau team. Now, no, you don't have an MVP player on that year, on that team, but you got a rookie of the year. I could see you putting that, I'll buy that for a dollar. Obi Toppin at plus 1,200 for NBA rookie of the year. I could see Emmanuel quickly, Emmanuel quickly at plus 2,000 for rookie of the year. It's a long shot. Yes, it's a long shot. But it's a legitimate long shot. Julius Randle for most improved player of the year at plus 1,200. My man, some nights almost got a triple-double. All of these players are playing better than I would say anybody expected them to be playing. If you look at the last game against the Jazz, you go down the list, Julius Randle, 10 for 26, 30 points, 16 rebounds, seven assists. RJ Barrett didn't have that good of a game, but he's played well of late. Alfred Payton used to play for the uh, Pelicans, right? Pelicans in the Magic, 22 points, 10 of 15. Emmanuel quickly didn't play in this game. But if you look at his numbers of late on the season, he's only averaging 7.5 points per game. But he had 22 against Cleveland. 16 at Atlanta in 19 minutes. Some games he may not play especially playing for a guy like Tom Thibodeau. But I like what I see out of him. I like what I see out of him. So I gave you some NBA futures that you could very well consider if you wanted to. You really could, and you might you might want to. That's my NBA for the day. I figured I'd give them a little love. The New York Knicks, 5-3 and three on the season. How about that? How about that? So some other news that I thought was really interesting that came up um, is the NHL. The NHL season is starting in less than a week. And the most interesting news, <laughs> which should be the fact that they're starting their season. But the, the news to me that I found the most interesting as a season is about to start 
is that they have sold the naming rights to the four new divisions. The teams will play in the Scotia NHL North Division, the Honda NHL West Division, the Discover NHL Central Division, and the Mass Mutual NHL East Division. They're going to try this for one year. It's going to go beyond one year. This is it. This is it. In every sport, every conference and division name will now be sold. Especially when you think of where we are with COVID, no players in arenas, teams are looking for ways to make money. The jerseys in the NFL and the NBA will no longer be the same. And the funny thing is I was thinking about this. It's like, oh, it's going to be like English Premier League soccer and, and other soccer leagues as well. You can go to La Liga, a bunch of leagues. They all do it. This is where we are. I'm still trying to get my, because I love uh, German automobiles, and my first car was a Volkswagen. I'm still kicking myself for not buying the DC United VW jersey. Anybody, if anyone listening that has one knows someone who knows someone who knows someone, send me a box of that. I'd love to get a Volkswagen DC United jersey, a throwback. Because the way I was thinking of it is, yeah, okay, whatever. The, the Discover, yada, yada, yada. We already sell stadiums. I'm okay with it. If also for me working for a sports team, it means that my former colleagues get to keep their jobs then it, it is what it is. This is what we're looking at for the future. And for anyone who's like, well, no, it should be the way it always is. Look at golf. Golf has always been that way, right? You see Tiger Woods and Dustin Johnson. How many logos do they have on their shoulders and in their arms and in their hats? It is what it is. Let's move on. We're all trying to make money. We're trying to earn money. And if for the leagues and the teams, this is what they have to do, then let it go. Go buy a classic jersey. I would be curious how the sales for Washington football team gear, there we go, thank you both, how the sales of Washington football team gear has gone up. I got a shirt. I love logos too. Like I know it's kind of crazy, but I've got two Mitchell and Ness shirts because I wanted something that had the 100 year anniversary on it. So I got a Steelers one and a Washington. Well, you know what the team was before that, but it's the old classic. It just has the R. It doesn't show the, the, the logo that we really don't like anymore. So I was kind of okay with it. It was before they changed the name. But I'm okay with this. Some people are going to make jokes about it. You know, but it is what it is. And if that means that the league gets to exist, if we get to see Alex Ovechkin for more years, um, the, the, the rocket reigning champ, if we get to see future NHL players playing and the league doesn't fold because of it and the Connor McDavid's will carry the torch, then so be it. And I'll buy those jerseys too, or whatever else has a logo on it. It is what it is. It is what it is. Okay. I'm going to end the show here. The events that happened yesterday at the Capitol in my home city were very disheartening. And I tried my best to find the words that I need to come up with to talk about it. And the biggest thing for me when I think about where we are as a country, no matter what side of the aisle you are on, The bottom line is that I am okay with the I am I am okay with 
the peaceful protests. And when you look at sports, we know the name that I'm going to bring up, and that's Colin Kaepernick. He took a knee, y'all. He took a knee on a sports field, the National Football League, and that was considered unpatriotic. He lost a career swiftly. He can't even get on a team, and he took a team to a Super Bowl. And he can't make a team over a guy by the name of Heineke that was taking exams at Old Dominion University, and he's considered a better quarterback to put on a roster with no prior knowledge of the playbook than a guy in Colin Kaepernick. He was called a traitor to this country. People were up in arms as he was disrespecting God and country and that it wasn't representative of America or a flag that was flying yesterday as people were storming the Capitol. What happened in my hometown yesterday was way more of a disgrace for any of probably those same people who were up in arms with Colin Kaepernick. It's disgusting. I am saddened by what we are experiencing. I am saddened when you hear about how the fact that, no, it wasn't peaceful what they did. It was borderline terrorists. We heard from several players in the NFL, in the NBA, talking about there's no way a black person could do what was done yesterday. They wouldn't make it up the steps. There would be hoses out, possibly. Dogs out, possibly. Arrests made. Violence. It was sad to see that black U.S. Capitol um, police officer running up the steps, afraid to use his stick, his baton, which in my mind, he had every right to use as the protesters, the white protesters were coming up the steps and he's backpedaling and backpedaling and trying to get them to stop. The number of lawmakers who were willing to protest and try to stop the certification of the electoral college before the protest and then afterwards says, you know what? No, we're good. We're good. This is not what we wanted. This is not what our America was about. I don't know where we are in America. And the reason why it's so tied in the sports, when you hear about the shut up and dribble, which is ridiculous, when you hear about how 9-11, what happened after 9-11 brought the country together and everyone talked about how sports was a unifying thing that people needed to get back to normal. I don't know how we get back to normal after yesterday. Because the person who incited it, the person who started it, was the president of the United States. The one that the sports, that some of the sports teams were like, yo, I'm not going. We won a championship. I'm not going to the White House. Sports is what was supposed to bring us together. Colin Kaepernick in some ways maybe was the beginning of the separation of where we were as red and blue states and what you believe in America. And by the way, if you buy the laws that were set forth by our forefathers, half of what some of these people are doing with the American flag is illegal in the first place. You're not supposed to make it a different color. You're not supposed to wear it on your shirt. You're not supposed to have it in a stadium where people are holding it up. You're not even supposed to have it on the field the way it's displayed. 
So there are things we are doing with the flag that are illegal based on the way our forefathers wanted it in the first place. So don't tell me, oh, I'm, I know what we should be doing with the flag at, at an arena and I can wear it wherever. I can put on a stick on the back of my truck. You're not supposed to be. But this is a new America. For everyone who talked yesterday about this is not the America I know, it is the America we know. It's just maybe it wasn't out there in the public eye. And now it is. And I hope that if yesterday was the straw that that broke the camel's back, we will see a different America starting today. That we will be one country under God and find a way to move forward from this. And I don't know if we can, but I'm gonna play my part, whether I'm just talking sports or not, because it's bigger, it's bigger than that. That's my show today. I hope you enjoyed it. The answers to all our question, questions is money. And hopefully as we dial down from the politics. You can make some money betting on some college basketball, football, whatever the case may be. You learn something from just for sport and not just sports. For the props that promise you, Mo K. Davis. Down for now.